Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. This is Matt Staub. And this is the podcast where we cover business legal news. Well, actually, business news, and we put it in our legal twist. And then what else do we do? Oh, yeah, we, we answer legal questions that you submit, the listener, to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. <laughs> it's like you wrote that for yourself beforehand because you asked a question and then instantly answered it. And, <laughs> but that's all right. It's showmanship. Things get a little bit crazier on the Friday episodes, so. That's true. We, we got to take it down a notch and get a little relaxed, right? Yeah. Get ready for the weekend. We got a good episode here, and I like this story that we have. Wait, 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 wait. How do you know it's a good episode already? Well, I, I think it's going to be a good episode. Uh, well, let's, let's wait until the end, <laughs> okay. and then we'll, we'll comment okay. on it. Well, I know it's going to be good. Well, I'm pretty sure because the story we're going to talk about, the first thing you see is it looks like a picture from your place because it's a cat in an Amazon box, which if anyone who listens to the podcast knows that you love ordering things from Amazon and you love cats. That's true. <laughs> well, I don't know if I love cats. I really love my cat, but you know, it's my cat. So. Okay. Okay, so let me get in the actual details here. This is something that Amazon, it looks like, is going to... I think they're going to do. They haven't done it yet. But they're going to offer their warehouse employees uh, money. They've been doing this for a while, I think. Oh, they have been doing it for a while. I, th- I think oh. so, because I read this somewhere else. But go, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'll be quiet. Well, anyway, so they're going... They're offering warehouse employees a cash incentive in order to quit. They call it the pay-to-quit program. But it's funny, they don't want them to quit. They basically want people that are invested in Amazon long-term. So they even, when they get this offer, it even says, please don't take this offer. And it starts at $2,000 the first time and increases by $1,000 each year until you hit 5000 But I really like this idea. It's a very interesting concept. I mean, I'm sure some you know some people are going to take this and they're going to take their $2,000 and run. In fact, I had to look this up on another website, but it says fewer than 10% of the employees who got the offer took it and left the company. But that's still 10%. That's still a portion of your business there. Yeah. And I imagine they probably have a lot of people that work for them. There's a lot of Amazon packages going on. This is just warehouse and employees. So I'm sure there's a lot of people. I mean, I know in, in Indianapolis this past holiday season, they made a huge seasonal push and hired a ton of people. So it's probably for more long-term. Yeah. In fact, I'm looking here. It looks like they've been doing this for a while, but only for a portion of their employees. But recently in January, they rolled it out to 40,000 warehouse employees in January. What do you think about the concept? It's pretty novel, but when you have that organization and you're looking for long-term employees and people that are really bought into your industry, it seems like a pretty positive thing and something that has a lot of potential. So you said 40,000 people were offered? I think there were more people than that, but the new people that were offered is 40,000 warehouse employees back in January. If we assume even being a little bit favorable, we assume 10%, it's still $8 million, which to Amazon, that's pretty much nothing. They probably do that in five seconds, but still $8 million is $8 million. But oh, wait, how did you get to $8 million? That's a, that's a lot of money, I think. No. What, 40,000 people? No, but it's 40,000 people were offered and 10% of them. Yeah, so that's 4,000 So that's 4,000 times... $2,000. Well, it goes from 2,000 to... 4,000 people times $2,000. What the heck? Oh, you're right. (laughs) 
that's at least eight million. That's true. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still like I said, it's it's Amazon. I'm sure they make a ton of money, but that's still a good chunk. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I still like the even though they're taking this hit, I still like the idea because there's costs involved in hiring new people. So. The more they can keep those employees that want to be there, the more they can retain those and keep more people as possible, the less cost there's going to be with that because there's training, things of that nature. So I like the idea in general. I'm wondering how they're working in the warehouse. So I'm wondering what's preventing someone from just taking the money and then leaving and getting a similar job somewhere else. And it's basically just free money. I mean, obviously, they'd have to get a new job, but maybe that's some of the people that were doing that. I would assume that the people that left were going to leave anyway, right? Because yeah, maybe 2000 or so, I mean, that's a big chunk of their money. And depending upon how much they're getting paid, maybe it's a couple pay periods for them, right? Or less, probably. One thing that's cool is that if you think about it, unhappy employees, whether they're making their way out or, or whatever, it's troublesome to the business. Besides what you're saying of hiring new employees, I mean, they're going to be less productive. They may cause other problems too, right? I mean, Amazon has already come across a couple labor dispute lawsuits. If an employee is happy with the company, I don't care if they're not paying overtime correctly or giving you lunch breaks and so forth. Those employees are not going to complain because they're happy with their job. Only employees that are being mistreated, that feel like they're not being valued the way they are, are the ones that are going to cause trouble for you. And so might as well be a settlement to buy your way out of these kind of legal issues. It is interesting, too, how it ramps up by $1,000 each year. So <laughs> I just can't think of the situation where someone's worked there. Yeah. Their third year, they go from four dollars to $5,000. I mean, you've worked there a couple of years, and $4,000 wasn't enough. But once you hit that $5,000 buyout after working there for years, that's when you make the decision. I guess if you're really in a crunch, you might, but yeah. might as well just be this initial offer because a little under 10% for the first offer it has to be 1% or maybe a little bit higher for the later years. I think one thing that's clear is Amazon recognizes that they need efficient quality yeah. workers. You know, they even say that they pay about 30% more than a typical retail worker in the industry. That's pretty significant and and like you said they're increasing their full-time and part-time employees from last year and they're just basically trimming the fat. In fact, I read that they got this idea from Zappos, which mm-hmm. is a company that I think they sold footwear yeah. or something and Amazon actually purchased them even though Zappos is a separate unit apparently kind of end operating independently. And Zappos is known for having great culture. So it's not really surprising that Amazon would want to copy that because they just, you want to emulate the companies that are doing it right. Yeah. But I just can't get over that. They're willing to pay at least $8 million because they know they're probably going to save more money than that in the long yeah. term. And it's worth it for them. It's, it's a pretty interesting concept. I'm curious what their annual revenue is. Oh, yeah. $8 million is probably nothing compared to... It's just an interesting concept because you would think that in one day, $8 million loss is a lot for any company, a loss that's not necessary. But to answer this, this looks like it's from even a couple years ago. First quarter, Amazon posted sales each day, $54.3 million each day. Think about it. So if it's $54 million each day, $8 million out of that in one day is a significant amount. But of course, you don't look at it that way because it's the cost yeah. spread out. <laughs> and we've done so much math this week. <laughs> I hope there's no math towards the end here. Well, let's get to our question of the day. All right. I've been looking to hire a new employee 
but have tapped my local market. What should I look for when trying to hire someone remotely? Uh, this comes from Gotham, New York, which I don't think is even real, but it might be Batman. <laughs> so I, well, I was still getting over the Gotham issue. I, I kind of missed the question. So so this guy is they're looking to hire new employees, but I've tapped out the local market. What should I look for when trying to hire somebody remotely? I think they're just asking more so advice on how to find someone. Because I'm a very face-to-face person. I would much rather prefer meeting with someone face-to-face and over the phone or even obviously email too. But you know, this is for people that you're trying to hire an employee, which we just talked about is very important that you get you hire the right people. So what are some good practices for trying to find the right person if you're just going to conduct some sort of phone call? Or I, w- I would think you would at least try to talk with them and not just do it all over email. So that's step number one, I guess. So first things first, maybe try to set up some sort of Google Hangout or Skype so you can do a video interview. I, I see people doing those all the time in my office. So that's idea number one right there. Yeah, I actually have experience with this. I mean, I, I've hired a number of people remotely, even our clients in, in that respect, that we never met in person. But like you mentioned, video chat and phone is very essential. But I don't know if I have like great advice from a positive perspective, but I know what not to do. I know that it's really important to set very clear expectations and being able to have your system, how you run your business, able to work with remote employees and independent contractors. Some businesses are just not geared that way and it can cause a lot of problems. So if you're not used to working remotely and you don't understand how that works, then you're not going to be able to appreciate managing an employee or even finding a new hire in that way as well. But it's not uncommon to be looking for a specific skill set and not find it in your local area. And this is frankly why businesses open up in other areas just because they're looking for a separate workforce. But remember that there are a lot of downsides to hiring people remotely as well. But from a legal perspective, just to give that angle to it, I don't see it much different than anything else. The The big thing is, is though, I think is creating the right expectations. I will say from the legal perspective, I think it can be beneficial in the sense that I would think you're much less likely to be sued for any sort of discriminatory practices, at least in the hiring process, because how are they going to assert discrimination if you just talk to them over the phone, if, depending on what they assert it for, you know? <laughs> It depends what questions you ask too. Like if you ask, yeah. oh, so what color is your skin and and uh, what's your sexual preference? <laughs> Describe to me what you look like. Yeah, well, I, I assume that they're not doing that. I'm, you know, Obviously, if that's the case, it's completely different. That's true. Well, I was also thinking too is that if you want to hire independent contractors, then having them work remotely is perfect because it's very unlikely that you're going to have that classification issues because I think there's only certain circumstances when you really have a lot of control over those employees where they're working remotely that they'll be considered employees. You really have to exert yourself quite a bit of control over those types of personnel to be considered an employee. I don't know what your stance is on this, but I've talked to people before, and this is something you could do for these interviews is some people like to give some sort of personality test. And I'm blanking on the name of the one that people always tell me, but that's something you could do before or after the talking to them if you really wanted to do that. Some people I've spoken to just swear by it and say that's the best approach to take. But In fact, it's something that I've been discussing with some consultants this week. And you're right. They have these personality tests. And then other people say, well, we don't use personality tests. We use a totally different concept and approach to it. And personally, I'm skeptical. But I think that's my 
ego saying that I could tell I know people or whatever, but I'm sure there's some more objective ways, but it depends. I mean, how, how many people are you going to be interviewing and what's your turnover like? So I'm skeptical about the personality test aspect. Have you taken one? I, I've never taken one. Either, um, so. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure we took some in, uh, in undergrad and in, in business school, but I don't think I've ever taken an actual one for an interview before. Not that I can remember. Also, people suggest to do a one-way interview. Have you heard of that? Basically, you send them the questions to the candidates, and then they pre-record their answers, and they send it to you. And you know, obviously, you tell them you have this amount of time to send it in and so forth. And that's <laughs> kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm probably not as big a fan of that because that's... I get that there is a... you know They, they have one minute to answer, but you could re-record. So, but it's still just kind of weird. It seems pretentious to me. A little bit. It's like, oh, I don't have time to talk to you or interview you. Just uh, answer these questions and you know, I'll, I'll watch it when I get a chance. Interviewing in general is just a pretty weird area. True. So much time gets spent thinking about all these different possibilities and all these different scenarios. And then you know, 90% of the time, nothing. A lot of people I've spoken to, except, I mean, these are just numbers I'm making up, but you know, 80, 90% of the time, they're like, oh yeah, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. People get nervous. Frankly, I think interviewers get just as nervous interviewing. I've had to interview people before. I kind of liked it, but yeah, it is a little bit weird. I will say that. So our advice to Batman, what should I look for when trying to hire somebody remotely? I think, uh, gosh, it's just hard to summarize that. I don't know if we're the right people to answer that. From the legal perspective, you know, we put the legal twist on it. I think we did it as best as we could in terms of offering the legal. This is more of a non-legal question, but we gave the most legal answer we could. <laughs> okay. All right. We did our best. So I think that's our episode, though. Episode number 33. We had a pretty good week this week, right? Yeah, 33. Really getting up there in the numbers. So what do you think? Was that a good episode like you predicted? Oh, yeah. I forgot. I predicted before the episode it was going to be good. And the verdict is, yes, it was good. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited now. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Okay, so that's our episode. Have a good one. Yep. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.